Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. I remember as a child when I, <clears throat> excuse me, when I heard those words of Joseph, uh, and and th that well, really the text of Matthew about Joseph, it didn't, I didn't understand them, you know. A child doesn't understand what was strange about Mary being pregnant and him knowing he wasn't involved, and. So I always thought, well, why would he divorce her? But as you go through life, you learn things. And I have to give him a break here because that hadn't happened before. Someone spontaneously with child. And it is interesting that it says he was both just and unwilling to put her to shame. I kind of originally thought of those two things as the same thing. He was just and unwilling to put her to shame. But, but maybe that's actually two things. As a just person, he knew he couldn't go forward with this relationship, but he was unwilling in this context to put her to shame. But then something happens that never happened to him before, or at least we don't know that it ever did. He went to sleep one night, and he had a dream. And in that dream, an angel showed up and said, don't worry, it's all good. Now, I wonder if when he woke up, he said to himself, how badly am I gaslighting myself right now? 
that I would literally dream an angel came and talked to me and told me this thing that has never happened before is actually okay. I give Joseph a ton of credit here for having faith in the moment. In the moment when life was not going as expected. In the moment where it looked like we're, we're off the path here. He had a dream. He believed it. And he lived it. And I want to give you that challenge from this short little reading. Life doesn't always go as expected. But never assume you are off the path just because things aren't happening the way you thought they would. If the Lord has given you direction, stay with it. Stay on the path. This is what faith is. And central to our ability to believe is faith.
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem 
because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. So she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lighting, lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. All who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. got a uh, call yesterday <clears throat> from Pastor Molly, who, as it turns out, her time to be delivered has not yet come. Unlike Jessica, who you will hear about later, I'm sure, in Community Life. But she said, I want to be there tomorrow, and I want to do something. I said, okay. Why don't you make the comments after the reading of Luke? 2, 1 through 20. So she sat down and got it all together and then promptly fell ill yesterday evening and was not well enough to be here today. But she was kind enough to send her notes. So I'm going to read them as written. Now understand, there are going to be some elements in here that are completely invalid if you consider the source me. But hear it from her. I love how each Advent season we come back to the same texts, in the same passages with the same story, but somehow each Christmas the Holy Spirit sheds new light or a new angle with new lenses. This year, of course, I can't help but read this passage from the perspective of a 38-week pregnant mother. Obviously not me, but... For starters, 
Mary and Joseph travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. I looked up on Google Maps the distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That's a 34-hour walk. I have mad respect for my girl Mary riding on a donkey for 34 hours while she's 39 weeks pregnant. Oof-da. I'm not from the Midwest, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or if I said it right. But Oof-da, no and amen. Mary and Joseph do all this traveling just to come to a place where they have no resting place, no reservation, no room in the inn. Next up, Mary doesn't have a team of doctors or doulas for her delivery. She's got the dad and the donkey. And to top it all off, on that very night, she's got a group of dusty dudes who've been living outside with sheep in her delivery room, crowding around her newborn baby. When I look at this picture, it sounds painful, problematic, and fills me with a little bit of panic. But reading all the way through to the very end of this passage, it shows Mary quietly cherishing and storing away each moment in her heart. It is really clear that despite everything, Mary is filled with heavenly peace. That's what Jesus is. Jesus is peace. He's peace on earth. Did Mary know? Absolutely. Her baby was Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. She had such heavenly peace because her baby was peace on earth. Her baby was good news. Not just good news to a few extended family and friends. Her baby Jesus was good news for all people throughout all the world for all generations to come including you and me. Jesus is still that peace on earth today. Jesus is still our good news today. As we come to the end of our year and reflect on 2023, it might have come with some pain, problems, or even a little panic at times, but this passage, this story, this Advent season is a reminder to us all that this world may give us trials, troubles, and tribulations, but we can have heavenly peace. Because Jesus, who is peace on earth, has come to us and has overcome the world. song we're going to share with you may be familiar, uh, but then again, it may not. Um, We're going to put the words up on the screen uh, so you can follow along in traditional Christmas sing-along fashion. But it's a song about gifts. It's about uh, gratitude. It's a song about recognizing that the same baby who 
the shepherds and wise men found in the manger is the same Jesus who changed the world with his life and presence and who also promises uh, hope for his people. So uh, it's called We Give You Every Crown.
Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Herod then summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. Herod sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold frankincense, and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So if you feel like you didn't know that last song that Elijah and Jared did, or if it was the first time you heard it, that's because Elijah wrote it. I don't know if you all know that, but I wanted to share that because that's from us. That's one of ours. And uh, nowhere, nowhere else was that sung today, I don't think. I don't think. But that's what's so special when we so sure that we are so right and others are so wrong. Because sometimes that mentality makes us miss Jesus. Yeah, we learn, we grow, and yes, I desperately want you to avoid rampant superstition. We call them conspiracy theories today. But never be so arrogant as to claim to know who God will use and how God will do it. Faith in God, not in your perceptions, not in your conclusions, not even in your feelings. Faith in God. Expect to be surprised. Go your way, looking, anticipating the miracles. And when you least expect him, that's when you will find him. 
We had originally hoped that Laura Klein and Alyssa could be with us today, but they were just not able to make it. But in place of that, you all are going to fill that spot, and we're going to sing a song together. And you might actually find a hymnal in front of you if you want to do that, just for old time's sake. We're going to sing number 120. There's a song in the air, and we have Debbie to thank for this one, because we were talking about, well, what should we do? And she said, I like this one. So I said, all right, that works really well. So you may not know this one as well, but uh, Alicia is going to play for us. And will you play through one time so we get the sound of the, the tune in our minds, and then we will sing all four verses of hymn number 120.
This is John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made, and that was made. In him was life, and the, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So you might be wondering, what does that one have to do with Christmas? Well, I would suggest to you that that account at the beginning of John is the, the theological birth narrative of Jesus. We have the, the literal stories in Luke and in Matthew. Mark doesn't deal with it at all. He's got to get to business, so he gets right to it. But, but I want to suggest to you that John here is explaining the child. And everything that was there in the child. It's powerful words. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So I want to ask you a question here. What do you need Jesus to be for you in this coming year? Now, now don't get this wrong. I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to create your own version of Jesus. You, the version of Jesus is the one revealed in Scripture. So, so that's what I'm talking about. But in your life, what do you need Jesus to be for you this year? I want to suggest to you one of the things that is so important about us every year taking time to reflect on the reality of Jesus being born into the world. One of the reasons this is so important is because every year we need him born again in us in a new and different way. Because you know what? You're not the same person you were a year ago. More has happened. Your life has changed. You've grown. Your understandings have expanded. You've, you've had some hardships. You've had some victories. You've had some wonderful things. And the Jesus that you understood before might not be enough for what you need now. And you need to grow in your faith and knowledge and understanding of the Son of God. And every year when Christmas rolls around, that needs to be a reminder to you that he's got to be born in me again. He is light. He is life. He is the word. And in the dark streets of our lives, we need to have shining the everlasting light. Are you looking for Jesus? I pray that you are. For unto you again this day is born in your heart a Savior who is Christ the Lord.